Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. Hello, thanks for listening today. I'm Raphael Martinez, a minister within the Church of God Cleveland Movement and the director of Spirit Watch Ministries, an outreach providing biblical discernment in a time of deception. Our podcast is called Where Are We Going? and uses a great question a lot of people are asking these days about the direction our world is taking. It's now February 5th, 2022, and we're glad you surfed back in today. Thanks for listening. Now, these podcasts will give you a solidly biblical perspective on our deceptive times of trouble. It's easy to find our podcast on the internet at our spiritwatch.org ministry website or on Facebook using the search term Spiritwatch Ministries. Links to them will be on our homepage and on our Facebook page for easy access with a couple of mouse clicks. So bookmark us and share the links with friends, family, enemies, and maybe even a few strangers. Help us build our audience and spread the word about what we're doing and and what we intend to keep doing, and that's provide biblical discernment. Now today, specifically, we're going to briefly summarize the current state of affairs for the cultic movement calling itself Remnant Fellowship, once led by one Gwen Shamblin Lara, based out of Franklin, Tennessee. As most of our listeners know, Spirit Watch Ministries has been at the forefront in helping expose its evil doing, a wickedness termed by its followers as mere Christianity, for well over 20 years. We've built upon the early warnings of the Midwest Christian Outreach, another discerning ministry located in Northern Illinois, to develop the body of evidence and testimony that we've compiled that has brought light upon the darkness of remnant. Lara and her whole remnant culture have become a serious social blight in Middle Tennessee, causing the destruction of marriages, families, and inflicting religious abuses by socially deceptive means that can only be described as the workings of a dangerous cult. We won't rehearse our positions on this and invite you to visit our website, view our blog, and our YouTube or Vimeo channels for videos concerning our findings and teachings. But as far as work's concerned, Well, it's been a long, hard, and costly struggle for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as well as the expose of remnant falsehood. Gwen and Remnant twist the simplicity and gracious mercy of the Christian faith into a religious legalism that destroys heart, mind, and soul. Now, our contention has included counseling, picketing, and internet warfare, as well as a lot of prayer and a lot of endurance. Looking back, there's nothing we do differently. We've stood by every assertion about their nefarious doings that we've made because they are based upon factual truths established by long-established documentation of their claims and their actions, as well as the testimony of many, many witnesses. There's nothing we are not ready to repeat in a court of law with nothing but the inconvenient and unvarnished truth to back what we say something remnant lawyers have found out to their displeasure. As to our summary of remnant, uh, the current 
current trajectory in recent years has taken some rather serious ricochets and bizarre twists. It all began when Lara's direction under her Zion culture, as she might call it, became intolerably erratic when she chose in 2018 to finally divorce her husband David after 40 years of marriage, but not before she was already ardently responding to the amorous attentions of one Joe Lara, a former B-movie actor and country music star wannabe who had swept into her life a couple years before that. Her hardened, prophetess visage softened into that of a smitten, love-struck teenager, and she quickly forgot David's existence as she lifted up Joe before her thunderstruck remnant congregation as her new man. Now, it's vital to realize that divorce was absolutely forbidden in Remnant. It was a holdover from her puritanical lifestyle standards she adopted for all in Remnant to follow during her Remnant Fellowship developmental years around 2000. So great was her obsession for this that Gwen created an inner support group of women called Beulahs, who recorded a status within Remnant as heroic martyrs that she personally counseled to stand true for her no-divorce directives. So dozens, if not hundreds of women faced degradation, spousal abuse, and unrelenting pressure by Gwen to live in unhealthy and even dangerous marriages to men who would rather fight with them than submit to their wives' entreaties to submit to Remnant authority over their lives. But despite her rigid refusal to allow those in her remnant church flock any permission to divorce their non-remnant mates so she could claim that they, they were trying to heal marriages, Gwen suddenly had a change of perspective just before she remarried to Joe in 2018. She posted a new directive on marriage that really was new despite what she claims, and it was a shocking reversal of what's known as remnant law, that is to say remnant's unique traditions and directives. Suddenly, it became permissible to divorce, to be, quote, allowed in circumstances, but it must be for the pure church and not for merely selfish reasons, end quote, as she penned on the website statement. The statement's claim to have been authored in 2003 was a bald-faced lie no archive record of Redmond's writings at that time showed ever actually existed. The claim was a ploy, and it was made just before Gwen's remarriage to Joe in 2018. It was publicized internally and then finally posted on the Remnant Fellowship website just in time for her to unveil her own plans to divorce David, her husband of 40 years, and then to remarry Joe Lara. Suddenly, Divorce American Style was a new option to Remnant, which many chose to take as well. Divorce lawyers around Nashville started to get a lot more business in 2018, and this continues to this day, thanks to Gwen's sudden epiphany filled with tap dances through the Bible. This sudden lancing of a long, festering sore within Remnant socially rocked it in ways beyond our telling. Suddenly, it seems, the voice of God heard through the Memphis accent of Gwen had changed the tune. But it fooled no one. None of the remnant slaves who heard it uh, were, were caught unawares. They knew better. Fifteen years of being told to endure bad marriages was not a mandate that her flowery new rhetoric could dismiss. And these serious shockwaves continued to reverberate throughout remnant to this day. And the sacrificial consequences of this change and several other major shifts of leadership, practice, and direction within remnant caused major turmoil at a level within it that Gwen with the disconnect of romantic fantasy clearly preoccupying her, made herself blissfully unaware of. 
She and Joe spent an enormous amount of time and money developing a reality series about their personal lives that no network picked up. Her teaching and her manner became all the more self-infatuated, and her production of teaching materials had ground to a virtual halt. She took more and more pleasure trips, and she began to rely upon more of her cadre of sycophantic leaders to phone in her directives, even as she wallowed on the beach of her destined Florida home with Joe. She was increasingly more uninvolved with Remnant Church services and her desire to live more self-indulgently. That became a disorienting reality her, her flocks began to face square on. The COVID pandemic of 2020 to 2021 to this day changed nothing, and she came and went as she pleased. Uh, that is until Memorial Day 2021. When the Lyras and two other couples traveling to a rally for the former President Donald Trump in Florida were killed in a wreck of Joe's jet plane that crashed into a lake in Tennessee. Gwen Lyra's sudden and totally unexpected death left a gaping chasm in Remnant that hasn't yet been addressed by the leadership there. Her children, Elizabeth and Michael, have had a Herculean struggle ahead in trying to lead what is so obviously a movement in nosediving crisis. Apart from some brave words about moving ahead during a June 2021 memorial service, neither of them have provided any functional guidance whatsoever that is seen. Those words appear now more and more to be a hollow whistling of someone walking through a graveyard, especially when Michael Shamblin fought for his inheritance share and then divorced his wife Erin and then vanished completely of Redmond life altogether last fall. Now, these days, if you stop by a Remnant Church service, you'll see videos of Gwen being played during services and disinterested true believers half-filling the sanctuary. Increasingly, more and more members opt to view the webcast by logging in and presumably sitting and watching a rerun of Lara's curricular past and a chosen member or two of leadership to give the inevitable charge for everyone to stay true to Gwen's Remnant vision. It almost seems like remnant members are in the hold of the good ship Zion's boiler room, shoveling coal into furnaces like sons of guns, never checking to see that there's actually nobody in the bridge steering. The goodwill remnant that has been extended to Elizabeth and Michael for months is a resource they are rapidly burning through. Even a cult as slavenly devoted to the memory of Gwen has its limits of endurance of clueless leadership and someone is going to have to step up and take the dilemma's horns to offer a clue. It's not helped that when Michael vanished, so did Elizabeth. She calls into church service webcasts with tired pep talks like this one. Oh, you guys are so much fun. What a fun crowd. Oh my goodness, what a church. What a night. What music. What children. What bands. Oh my goodness, it just... It goes on and on and on. I am so encouraged, and my heart is so full tonight. And just watching every little bit of it from from each band and each person singing to all the little children, I'm just, oh, don't you just love God? Can you believe what he's given us? It's just, it's almost just over the top. It, it, it makes me want to cry when I think about it. And what he has left here for us is just unbelievable. But, um... Thank you all, you know, just thank you for being who you are. Uh, 
Thank you to each ministry that is continuing on. Thank you to the council teams. Thank you to the advisors. Thank you uh, just to the, the food committees and the. I couldn't help but call in tonight because, you know, wow, we've uh, had quite a year, huh? So uh, I just, um, I just, I just know that. After being this encouraged, that my heart gets so full, and I don't want to take up much of your time, and I pray that you're seated so that you are comfortable. But I'll be back soon enough when all this is done, and, my, and may God rule inside this church, Remnant. Until then, let it rule. Let Him rule inside this church. Let Him rule inside your hearts. Don't stop doing what you came here to do. Battle onwards, Remnant Nation, because we're not abandoned. Job's life was better than the first. Do you believe it? Do you believe in a God that can give them back? I do. So carry on, friends. I am not, I'm not going anywhere. Such exhortation is the equivalent of a slap in the back to remnant, but nothing more. Through an understandable amount of personal trial and tragedy, Elizabeth has clearly decided to sit in the shadows and let others run the cult her mother created. And yet the shuffleboard of governance that remnant leaders like Rob Day, Eldon Gormson, Mark Dunn, and others are just skipping through it and they can only go so far with it. Our thought is that all the talking points leadership offers right now aren't going to cut it. And we've already seen an exodus out of Zion, that is out of remnant, taking place even now with many people leaving Remnant who've stopped to smell the pizza and finally vote their confidence in by their feet moving out of Remnant range. Vision and direction, as we've said, are direly needed, but no one in Remnant is stepping up to lead, provide that vision, and a directive way down curricula which Remnant is conditioned to follow in light of any other guidance. Now, I suspect that Gwen's personal assistants Patrick and Amy Stites and others were the ghost writers for Gwen for years, since the coherency of her books and curricula as expressed there had a lot of help. It was all product development when it came to her work, and I'm certain that all the focus group process was in play for them, which meant that the writing like was polished quite heavily. Yet these editorial skills, however, are worthless when a trusted leader whom obedience was given provides no content. Let's never ever forget also that when she was alive, Gwen Chamberlain Lara did not look on the Way Down Workshop or her fellowship as just a church, ever. It was and is a business. She was a chief executive officer and a tireless promoter of her goods and services. Gwen viewed her authority as absolute when controlling the day-to-day -day operation, and her phony humility was for the cameras and the ad print and the starry eyes of her church workforce to behold. Her God talk always included references to Christians as employees of God, and that he also was a chief executive officer. Her quote-unquote church services were essentially a combination of sales pep rally and praise of her and her sacred science, which would save the world. Acknowledgement of her copyrighted perspectives on God, beginning with the social engineering of full immersion into remnant society, was necessary to ensure that her product was properly applied, which is why she emphasized so much for people to leave wherever they lived and come to move to, uh, to the, uh, the cult's headquarters town of Franklin to live. 
She wrote and preached and advocates this, this position so passionately throughout her so-called ministry. And that's because her God as executive manager concept was to be best understood as marketed through a controlled system of indoctrination of her group through product line training. In a deposition Gwen gave when she brought a second lawsuit against our ministry back in 2010 in my lawyer's office in Nashville, it became very clear that when it came right down to it, that's exactly how she felt. There was no such thing as the sacred and the profane to her when it came to mixing religion with business. She spoke of it bluntly as an operation of commerce, not a Christian organism of the spirit. It was what David Shamblin, her husband, always objected to, uh, but that never kept him from enjoying the benefits of his wife's business that brought him ill-begotten gains that he enjoys to this day. Never forget either that the participants of the Way Down Workshop and the members of Remnant were leveraged into becoming equally tireless brand ambassadors for the message and that the curriculum needed to be purchased, all major credit cards accepted. People who joined Remnant via the Way Down Workshop thought they were becoming disciples of Christ serving the world when all along they were nothing more than salespersons whose lives were to be spent polishing an image. That is the reality that even the fanatical among Remnant can't ignore any longer, nor the consequences of such belief. The business and now the brand has taken a grievous hit and the product line has to be defended and affirmed. So the testimonials you'll hear, in perhaps in the future to come, or I've perhaps already have heard, are going to be taking a fevered pitch when the mechanical pleasantries of the rank and file can finally be aroused, that is. And no further research and development has any resolutions on the shelf to take to market. So, without any new dynamic and polished content delivered by Lara that plums the human condition of her flock, there's been nothing but her old weight on content to sell there. And guess what? It isn't moving. The warehouses of the cult are filled with books, old coursework, and all the gimmicks of the cult that are selling for its curricula. And the never-ending weight of financing this narcissistic cult enterprise is fast becoming intolerable. The product line of the Way Down Workshop was structured by Lara in the years past to be its primary source of revenue while her last will and testament made sure her millions of dollars in property were to be given to her children only. With sales of her product now drying up completely, the members of Remnant are now being expected to joyously and sacrificially pour their tithes and offerings out to make up that difference, to keep the so-called church running. Elizabeth and Michael found rain falling on the just as well as the unjust, and that a fair amount of their pleasure and troubles centers on their own choices to be the cult leaders they were and are. Being pampered and exalted leadership figures, they were entitled to an enrichment of themselves simply by being a Shamblin or a Lara. Elizabeth and Michael may have had a domineering mother who hounded them into becoming heirs of a family fortune based on cultic coercion, but they are hardly innocent victims by any stretch of the imagination. Their misery, including an exalted social status, deep pockets, and pretty secure lifestyles, even as their remnant brethren sacrifice everything to make it happen, is something that seems a little bit, well, how should we say, tempered or managed. You can leave it. You can look at it either way you wish. 
Keep also in mind that Gwen's chaos theory school of leadership is still in place in Remnant among those who outlived her, including her daughter Elizabeth, who now runs it completely. Nothing that makes sense will really be pursued by Elizabeth, as we like to believe it would. Gwen was known for doing things on the fly, impulsively, with no explanation or clarification, leaving her lieutenants to flesh out the details and the budgets. Her daughter then can hardly be expected to rise any higher than that. In light of her obvious mental fragility over her terrible losses and her organizational vacuity, Expecting Elizabeth to hammer out a master plan that makes sense appears to be a waiting game. For someone else is pulling the strings and keeping the lights on enough to mimic purposeful life for public, for public consumption there. But as for her and her house, they are going to do what fancies them. That is to feel good, to feel warm and safe, off watch and respected and no signal is going to be easily expected out of that arrangement as Elizabeth wants it. Now think of it this way. It's one thing to recite a litany of familiar Gwen speak for a week or so on a webcast and look sensationally commanding. Any of the 120 shepherds of Remnant, as depicted on their website, can do that with varying levels of competency and conviction given what Remnant views of Shepherd X or Shepherd SY. But you see, that ship really has sailed long ago. The endless regurgitation of the remnant party lines and endlessly re viewed repeats of Gwen uh, curricula videos are clearly what this disheartened people are not waiting on. Any group of any persuasion will demand leadership in one way or, the or another, voting with their feet if necessary, and the recent disastrous feast attendance at remnant, uh, there is a most ominous sign. And I'm going to talk right now to all the Remnant members and lawyers listening in right now. Remnant Fellowship, you're looking for the one, the Elizabeth, the daughter of Gwen, to bear unto you a visionary and commanding direction and then sustain it energetically with passion and clarity in terms that's going to rally your disheartened and drifting congregation of people whose catechism is based upon coercion and following a leader who's now dead. Such a leader won't just inspire the footlights, uh, but the one you actually need is one that's going to deftly handle the day-to-day -day administration that will call you to rededicate yourselves to that lifestyle immersed in group management and it's imposed by a firm authority line of compliant underlings who are going to fall right in line with it. But isn't it time that you all squarely face up to the fact that the kind of fire and energy needed to require and sustain that level of authoritarian control isn't going to come from a woman hiding in her mother's mansion? Elizabeth isn't vaguely close to emulating that critical aspect of her public persona and is doubtful that she ever will. The reasons are all too obvious and have, and have been discussed here. If Gwen's position can be likened to an assassinated fallen Joseph Smith of Mormonism, her children are not showing the assumption of any kind of mantle of authority that Brigham Young took on to turn Mormonism into a world force of deception. Your machine's operators aren't just asleep, but they have no wheel to steer by. That should concern you. If it does not, it means you're only going to go down with the ship in a history that's already been too well foretold throughout uh, the history of, of cultic religion. 
The critical need of Remnant is for the firm grip of that trusted figure upon reins of a fresh vision of thought reform that imposes new order and direction. This is a group dynamic that Gwen mastered well, but which she let slip in the months before her death. Her plunge into Eros undid her focus and contributed to the start of an erosion in Remnant that is turning slowly into a full-scale collapse and crisis of leadership. Miss Gwen may have technically had a line of succession beginning with Elizabeth, but to what degree of genuine leadership along the lines I just described that she was actually permitted to exercise was quite limited. For her to take the helm of Remnant now is a job that I just don't see any candidates truly arising to assume. And this all took place before, during, and after our own three-year project we've been involved with in providing assistance to the creation of the HBO Max documentary, The Way Down. We were asked to help, and we did. Spirit Watch Ministries provided a lion's share of access to documents, records, and media resources we collected over the past two decades and we connected many survivors whose story was shared with the producers as well and actually in the documentary. I am confident in saying that the documentary might not have ever gotten off the ground without our help. We were honored though to have done so and to have helped from a, to do so to form a response to remnants outrages that they certainly cannot ignore. Their response to the documentary that they published on their website is something we're gonna be writing a response to on our own. And we'll let you know when that's posted. Uh, the original three episodes first aired on the documentary. They're now available for streaming from HBO Max, and they're soon going to be followed by two others in the spring to tie up the final loose ends of the narrative that we created there about Gwen and a remnant cult. We want to add some final thoughts about the rather bleak futures that we think Remnant is now facing. There's one of three possible directions Remnant Fellowship will take, and we will conclude our summary of their nosedive with our comments on what they might be. The first possibility is that Elizabeth may yet pull out of what is certainly a crushing set of circumstances to affirm some kind of leadership. It's possible, but it's becoming more and more unlikely as she continues to find her comfortable place behind the scenes. Each day that goes by makes the question marks get bigger, and the bite of doubts even in the most devoted Remnant Fellowship members' minds getting new teeth cutting sharper and longer into them by the day. It's also possible for her to appoint new figures to assume chief responsibility for the cult's direction. And we see Joe Langston and Patrick Stites, among others, as candidates for such an anointing of leadership there. The second possibility is that Remnant Fellowship will experience internal splits. There's been precedent for this already when an internal schism took place back in 2009 that resulted in the departure of several leaders. Certainly, as I've said previously, there are junior puppet masters rising up in the intrigues of the cult's internecine leadership. Someone is keeping the bills paid, the media ignored, the videotapes selected, the lights on and the business phones answered. I personally suspect that if history of cultism is any measure, that there may be a very quiet and earnest effort by certain shepherds or figures in the congregation to explore creating new splinter groups who will break away from Remnant Fellowship itself. The true saint movement we've heard is very active, and we think that may come from that direction itself. It's something that I suspect is going to start happening if it hasn't already. 
Remember this quote from the science fiction novel Dune Messiah, written by Frank Herbert, about one of the antagonists in the story, speaking about the ruling emperor's power structure. Quote, He has bishoprics, islands of authority, and at the center of each island is a man. Men learn how to gain and hold personal power. Men are jealous. Remnant's pretty picture and media shell games behind the imagery of unity is a sham. Within Remnant, the authority line structure of hierarchical leadership has helped create a lot of opportunity for those in leadership position to take advantage in situations where such ambition can be nurtured. And a third possibility is that Elizabeth herself will completely step away from the Remnant altogether. I think she certainly has the means and ability to do so to carry on an independent life apart from Remnant's congregation in crisis and can comfortably come up and go as she pleases, as well as distance herself from the controversies her life as a cult leader have provided. Now that's going to prove extremely difficult, but following the footsteps of her brother as he and his father have moved on since the stormy years of late seems to be a real possibility. Her sister-in-law, Erin, and her children have moved in with her since her brother divorced her, and this kind of solution appears to be a real opportunity for them all to put the turmoil behind them, even if not bumping into remnant members throughout Bramwood and Franklin is going to prove to be rather difficult. They could leave, however, and even live in splendidly furnished isolation, but it's likely they can't hide from the aftermath of the implosion that would occur in remnant as well as from any illegal or social blowback that they could possibly experience now or in the future. Now, when we were asked to help victims of this cult years ago, we felt a solemn and very sacred devotion to providing aid and comfort to those violated by this, and indeed any other cult, as well as expose their wrongdoing and evil. At Spirit Watch Ministries, we remain committed to helping anyone needing assistance, and that includes anyone from the remnant subculture who've had enough of the deception that has drowned them for years. We've known a lot of people and a lot of website traffic who came from remnant fellowship circles visiting our website and, and our blogs even now. For years, Gwen and Remnant have characterized us as instruments of the devil and told all their membership not to listen to us or not even visit. But frankly, folks, we're the best friends you've never cared to have around. Real friends speak real truth about real issues, and that's what we've done, and we've done so for your benefit and that of the world at large. Now, in closing, just please allow me to speak one more time to the Remnant Nation here. You've all been told not to listen to our warnings, and yet a lot of you are tuning in now. We see this every day. It's our hope that you'll think about what was said and remind you that our doors have been, are, and always will be open to you. We're always open to, phone, to your phone calls, to your emails, to your messages, because we've loved you despite your hate for us. We've stood for truth, and the truth will only be able to set you free. We've prayed for you daily, even as you've cursed us. And we truly hope that your return to the Jesus Scripture, not the false Christ of remnant, become your only true concern in the days to come and not your wait. You see, Jesus Christ is returning like a thief in the night. And you've distanced yourself from him by a useless pride in your self-righteousness that your dead leader told you to trust in. How much your outer man weighs means nothing when how unholy your inner man really may actually be. 
That is what is in the end matters to God. Don't wait to find out the hard way that you're still in need of a Savior. It's time you turn back to Him yesterday. Godspeed to your homecoming. Please let us help. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.